0: Welcome to What's Your Beef, a Beef Australia production. Each week we will introduce you to people living and working in the beef community and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic triannual event. Hello, welcome to What's Your Beef. I'm Jane Kadehi. The loyalty and camaraderie of producers and patrons to the Beef Australia event is well recognized, but what about the volunteers? There's about 150 people that give up their time to assist attendees, to find their forums, get on their tour bus or find the perfect place to get a bite to eat. And they adore the event just as much as the ticket holders. Alice Kelly and Don Bellett have volunteered since the very first Beef in 1988, mainly to keep in touch with old bush friends. Over 30 years later, their fondness for the event continues to grow and they're counting down the days till Beef 24.
1: Alice Kelly and I now live in Gracemere, but I used to
2: live in Monto. And my name is Don Bellot. I was born and bred in Monto, and I lived in been living in Rockhampton since 1964. So I'm just about a local.
0: I'll start by asking you both. You're both from Monto and and knew each other a long time ago. Considering oh that yeah, you you moved yeah. here in the 60s, tell us a little bit about Monto and growing up there and and how you know each other from all that time ago.
1: Well, I think we both went to school in Monto, and In those days, Montau was a very very progressive town. You wouldn't call it that today. However, um, yes, there was farms around Montau, 640 acres, that managed to support two families in those days. And when you look around today, you just wonder
0: how. When you say it was a progressive town, can you describe it a little bit more? What made it progressive?
1: We had a butter factory. We had sawmills and that sort of thing. And that was all taken off us in 2002 with varied regulation. Okay. Uh, when you think about it, we had a railway line from Monto to Gladstone and that was our outlet and it wasn't only butter that went to Gladstone, it was all a, also our beef cattle
2: because yeah. there
1: was meat works in Gladstone.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it never cost them a thing, you know, made plenty of profit off that uh, rail line. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I love that you've come, Alice, with a bit of show and tell. I do want to start here because you've, you've put in front of me a lovely photo of a very younger version of yourself <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a Jersey cow. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved with, with cattle. I've been involved with cattle all my life. However, when I, my first job was
1: as a telephonist and I wasn't real happy about it because it was shift work and you couldn't go to dances and you couldn't go here and you couldn't go there. So I decided to pull the pin and, yes, I liked the bush and I went and lived with some people at Alawa Stud at Biloela and from there it was Mr Clark that advised me to go and I'd gone to a job with a Mr Nofke at Marburg and that's where that photo was, was taken from because I went to the exhibition that year. And from there it was just, phew, it blew out because I... Um, There was a a chap that was very good with horses (laughs) and he wrote to my father and says, I believe you've got a daughter that needs a job. Yes. So I went and worked with him for a while and I learnt a lot about horses, but we still mustered and that sort of thing and I was still working with cattle. However, I decided that I put myself in the country life. Jillaroo, stud groom (laughs) and the lady from Crocodile. Everybody thinks that Lenny Wallace is a man. But Lenny is Lenore Wallace, and they owned Crocodile Stud at, well, it was near Laura. We were 20 miles from Laura, but our address was Mareeba. And we were 148 miles from Mareeba. And we had our own airstrip. We had just a few paddocks. And a mile from the house was what we called the block fence. And from there to Laura was 20 miles. And there was three sets of yards, and we used to muster cattle to those yards. However, this lady was looking for somebody who could help her with stub cattle to take them to the shows. So it was
0: me. And so what was that <laughs> like, Edward? That's a great story, yeah. isn't it? When you you came from central Queensland up to that area of north far north Queensland, what was what was the kind of culture shock that you had then or was it just you're all about the cattle? Everybody finished the, their sentences with, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: later on when I attended and this is Wallace's funeral, her daughter came up to me and she said, we thought you were so brave coming from Monto right up to Crocodile. But I I quite enjoyed it because it was different and we took in... She was also the uh, correspondent to Hoofs and Horns and she used to write under Ninda.
2: And you were also learning something that you were interested in.
1: Oh, to write, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. I was teaching her too. We were teaching each other really. And boy, we had some fun.
0: And so, you know, you you describe yourself as a a, a groom and also a gillaroo. When you look at gillaroos today, what's changed? What's different? Well, they go to school, don't they? (laughs) They go
1: to the pastoral colleges and they learn all about it. Whereas we were thrown in at the deep end, we survived. And I think it's a credit to us that we did survive. But um, our hearts were in it and... We loved what we were doing.
0: And were you treated any differently to the men? Like, it is a different era. I think, you know, today when you go to a stock camp, it's, it's pretty equal. Was it the same when you were going through? Uh,
1: we never went really to the stock camps. We stayed at the house, in, in my instance, at Crocodile, and looked after the children, if anything, uh, if the, if Mrs Wallace had to go anywhere. But... Um, and then it was your turn to take the children to a children's party. You know, down Maitland Downs. It's only a little way down the road, but it's halfway nearly to Mariba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Just an afternoon. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, that's the thing with people in the country and that, like, you know, they say, oh, it's just down the road. It's about 10 or 15 miles or, or 30 miles. Yeah, just down the road.
1: That's yeah, right. That's all right. Well, it was 20 miles from Crocodile to what was known as the Y. And the Y was... Where you turned off to either go up the peninsula or you went to Cooktown, and her father-in-law owned that particular property when I was there, and I saw it change hands, and some young fellows from Mount Surprise came onto the property and they bought it, walk in, walk out, and do you know they paid three hundred thousand for it? <laughs> I'm not sure of their acreage. They cleared it of cattle and they sold it for three hundred thousand. <laughs> Wheeler dealers. Really, <laughs> Wheeler dealers. Right? And then they bought the
0: Ant Hill ma- Hotel in Mariba. Wow.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you saw it all. And Don, what about you? Where, where did you go when you, what was your first job?
2: My first job was on the council in my day driving g- small doses. About, a bit over 45 years I drove machinery, so I know a little bit about it. <laughs> and uh, then I did scrub pulling and then... I uh, went up to Mount Morgan Mines, and those uh, are driving up there in the cut. And then the twin brother had finished his apprenticeship in, in Montau at uh, Bob Anderson's garage, and he went out to Longreach to uh, be the uh, workshop foreman for Harris Brothers out there at the International Harvester dealership. And uh, anyhow, his, uh, the Harris Brothers, they also owned the uh, tank sinking plants. Now, one night in Mount Morgan, Ron rang up and he said, uh, old Percy's looking for a greater driver, are you interested? And I said, yeah, my word. So that's how I went out there, you know. And uh, it was a, a, a big change because uh, Montau was always as cold as hell <laughs> and Mount Morgan wasn't too far behind it.
1: That's yeah. right. Montau is the coldest place in Queensland in winter and the hottest place yeah. in summer.
0: Really? Um, too colder right. than Stanthorpe. I always think of Stentholt when it's cold. It gets down like that. Yes. Yeah, right. We used to
2: have... It was uh, Fahrenheit in those days. And we used to always have minus two, minus four, minus seven. was about the lowest I could remember. Then one morning we had minus nine.
0: Did it snow? I feel like there needs no, to be more than... No. Oh, gosh, that's and really
2: cold. All the, all the heavy frost. But minus uh, seven... Fahrenheit is uh, minus 24 Celsius.
0: So, And it still didn't snow. There was that minus 24 Celsius. That's exceptionally cold. <laughs> it's cold, that's eh? really. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just diverting yeah, uh, from that. Yeah. Um, so, how did you prepare for that? Like, if you're not used to that cold weather and all of a sudden that. Oh, that's, yeah, well, uh, How many layers did you have to have? Like, <laughs> you had nowhere well, else to go, to go, to go and well, put
2: up with it. Of course, everybody had wood. Wood yeah. stoves. And That's that right. He, yeah. no, no air conditioning or anything. No, 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 no. And Mum had five of us to bring up on her own in the Depression. A set of twins thrown in there, you know.
0: Busy lady. And
2: Mum did it all on her own. But, uh, yeah. But, no, it, it was a great time, though, wasn't
1: it? Oh, too right. I'll divert from there a bit. Later on, after I shifted back to Monte, uh, I took a boy from my pony club to Walker in New South Wales. And when we got down there, I believe that the chap that booked us in. His name might have been Kelly and he sort of looked at me. Oh, he said, it wouldn't be cold where you come from, would (laughs) it? I said, well, how does minus seven at the railway station sound to you? He said, what? I said, you heard me. (laughs) Anyway, when we went through Warwick, we had a tent and my husband said to me, he'd given us wool sacks. He said, you make sure you buy warm clothes in at the Opportunity Shop in Warwick and we did that and by Christy we needed them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. Yeah. Yes. Um, Alice, I have a book in front of me, Bitten by the Bull Bug by Lenny Wallace and uh, I am have to say I'm remiss as to not have read it in its entirety before our chat. But I've opened it to a page and um, the line is, another innovation Alice introduced was Sunday off. After Sunday breakfast, there were no lessons for the show potties. Their pyjamas were removed, day sheets left folded on the rail. And once they realised what was on, they bucked and frisked down the paddock for a whole day's freedom. So can you, it's just, it's such an enticing line. So can you tell me a little bit about <laughs> about what? what era is this and what does it mean? Well, it would
1: have been the late 60s. And in most cases, when you worked on the land, you worked seven days a week. And we decided they deserved a day off. However... And these were the potties. Are, so how many potties are we talking about? we I was trying to think this morning. We had a heifer called Cassandra, and I can't remember what the little bull calf was called, but they are so big, yeah, and they were off their mothers. And then we had a couple of Braffords, but these were Brahmans, and they thought it was just wonderful to be able to gallop down the paddock. <laughs> However, when we went to the shows, we started off with Melanda, Atherton, Innisfail, Cairns, and then Mossman. And... The Wallace children used to live at Herberton in a hostel to go to primary school. And when Melander's show came on, oh, we'll help you lead the cattle. <laughs> and that was hilarious because they'd been tied up for so long, just a little walk out. And when they got into the ring, what did they do? Same thing, yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Open space.
1: Open space. They thought it was great fun. <laughs> and
0: when Atherton show came along, <laughs> we're not helping you lead the cattle there. <laughs> So, Don, you joined and volunteered for Beef. It was the first Beef Australia event, wasn't it, to, to, to catch up with some of these old mates? 1988, yeah. 1988.
2: That's, you know, I, I enjoy talking to people and they, they remember me, you know. And uh, often I come in here and oh, when I was out west, an old Aboriginal came past, spoke good English and uh, they love to tell you how they do the weather. And, yeah, this old fella told me all about it and I never, I've never, never forgotten it and often the people come in from the properties and say, oh, what's the weather going to do, Don? And I tell them and the next time they see me, they say, you were right. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, uh, the Weather Bureau gets it wrong too many times. And uh, he said, well, you're always right. And, of course, this old Aboriginal taught me. And I've never forgotten what he told me, the different things that you, you look at. And old Percy Harris... <laughs> He's a funny old fellow and a terrific man. But uh, we'd be in the pub having a beer and someone would say to him, uh, is it going to rain, Purse? And he'd say, no, nah, no, nah, the clouds are facing the wrong way. And then they'd look at him and he'd start <laughs> laughing then. <you> know? <laughs> <laughs> he always
0: said <laughs> uh, Fair enough, you're going to have to teach me some some tricks. Tell me about the first beef you went to when you went as a volunteer there.
2: 1988. What? There was only 12 of us that year. Really it was a very small thing.
0: Were you there, Alice? Was uh, that your first I, I think that I came okay. up with the children from the
1: Monto High School with Lionel Kavanagh. Okay. Because my boy was in grade 8 that year.
0: Ah,
1: right. So, so you were there. there, but you weren't volunteering. No, I was there because I lived in Monto. We had transport yeah. business in Monto, um. And I, w- I volunteered a lot at the high school, mm. and they wanted someone to come with Lionel. And I said, yep, yeah, i don't Oh, Should wonderful.
2: I always like doing things for people yeah I, I volunteered because i, I I'm interested in, in cattle and 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 the country and all that and that's why I joined but there was twelve of us you know they had no I still haven't got any records
0: well like was it just because it was a trial you know this is this is an idea for this exhibition and we'll see how it goes and it turned out to be a great event so now we do it yeah. every three yeah. years so maybe maybe that's and why? of course
2: because it was such uh, a success for the first one even though it was small it astounded some of the uh, organizers because they didn't know what what to do next because it all changed because it didn't turn out to be exactly as they thought it would be it was way above that,
0: you know. Yeah, it exceeded right, expectations, mm, and it keeps and it just getting kept bigger, getting better. It? Well, that's right. So, Alison, w- w- when you bought those kids up from from Monto at yeah. that at that, that time, what did what did you remember about that? Because to even bring the kids up for for something like that, very um, vaguely,
1: <laughs> just the different <laughs> breeds. You know, there wasn't the the number of different beef breeds in those days that we have today. No. That's that's the biggest recollection. And I remember one time. When I started to volunteer, a chap came up to me and he looked and he said, "Now I cannot, I can't spell the name of the breed, but they're pinscows is what they called." And I said, "Oh, I said they're back to front Herefords." And he looked at me, and I said, "Well, I said you look at them. I said they're red all the way through. I said until you get to the tail and down around the tail they're white, and they're an. Imp- I think they came from Switzerland. I'm not real sure." But I think that's where they come from, and you know we've got so many different
0: breeds of cattle these days. It's, it's just not.
2: It's unreal, isn't it? It's, it's unreal all right. yeah.
0: So, um, what do you remember? When did you start volunteering at the actual beef events? Uh, two thousand and six. Okay. So, what what do you enjoy about it? Because it is such an, a big event with with multiple you know areas. Now there's so many different things. So, what do you enjoy about it as, as volunteers?
1: I think it's. It's meeting up with people. It's just like I work to sell the um, Brahman, you know, Brahman catalogue. Brahman week. Yeah, and I sell catalogues there. And people have come up to me, oh, hello, Mrs Kelly. I said, sorry, you're going to have to tell me who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but you meet so many people. Yeah, it really and truly is, you know, a mixture of the, the country comes to the city. And, yeah, I really enjoy it. And I suppose in a way I do it as a tribute to my father. I oh, do? You? Yeah, because he was the first one to ever have a zebu animal in the Monto area. A zebu? Well, that's what they were called in those days. Yeah. You know, if they had a hump on them, they were a zebu. That's
0: right.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that was uh, around
0: 1952. Wow. So, yeah. So you're really, you're you're a Brahmin girl, I was going to ask you about your breeds, but by the sounds of it, you're a Brahmin girl through and through. Yes and no, because you've got to have
1: it cross with the, the boss tourist to have the weight gain. Mm, yes.
0: Okay, so you you can you can give in and around a little bit. Um, Don, tell me about some of the jobs that you've had at Beef over the years.
2: Well, uh, I've had uh, quite a few different ones. So uh, I helped organise in the early part because uh, I, I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I can organise, you know. Mm. Anyhow, I had that. I was in charge of going around and making sure everything was working okay and I'd keep checking them out, you know. Well,
0: who are you sorting out, the the stalls or the, the stud cattle? Yeah. Like? yeah. Just making sure that and, everything And
2: was the stud cattle. So I, I, I knew a lot of the people. But as Alice was saying, that it's astounding just how many people remember you. Here right. They come, they, they remember, you know. Well,
0: you must make impressions. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, pretty personable, both of you. I, th- I can understand that.
2: I've just got that ugly face. and I didn't remember. say that. You're putting words <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, but
2: I, I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to, to people, and I can talk on any subject because we grew up and we listened and we learnt.
0: So, Don, uh, what I'm hearing from you is you're not there so much for the for the beef or the the showmanship or anything. You're there to, to chat to people and and make their yeah, visit and, and a and bit more ma- make their day for
2: them and, yeah. and uh, help them uh, enjoy it. And, and if they ask a question, I seem to know what uh, what the answer is, and I tell them, you know, what?
0: Or is it going to rain today? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no clouds are facing
2: the wrong way. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what what about you, Alice? What are some of the jobs that you've had and, and what have you really enjoyed? Um, one year I was asked to sit at a picnic table um,
1: and the children were given a sheet and they had to go around as many places as possible and we were to stamp their, their sheet of paper and I remember this one teacher from Monte. I was sitting there and wasn't doing all that much and he came through and he said, Yes, he says, I thought that was Mother Kelly sitting there. Mother <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I was known at the school in Montau. Why? At the high school in Monteau. Because when I did eleven years on their tuck shop and if the children came to request something from the tuck shop, they knew they had to say please
0: and thank you. That's a court. good reputation. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Maybe we should get you back. And you could just feet
2: when you go inside. <laughs> you yeah. we,
0: right. we could do some consulting <laughs> around at school. Sometimes it
1: was a little difficult, but most times, like one year, uh, somebody said to us, you know, where are the different breeds of cattle? I said, well, I can tell you what breeds of cattle come up to have a bath. I said, but I can't tell you where they're housed. Anyway, after a while... They have a caravan for their cattle secretary. And I went down there. I said, have you got a map of the place where all these cattle are housed? Oh, he said, there's a carton full of books there. I said, well, they're not doing any good there, are they? I said, get them down to the information desk, please. And (laughs) this is, you know... That's what we
2: used to do, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, well... You've got to get it together. Yes,
0: and that should have been done early in the piece. But never mind, we got it done before it was all over. Well, I think I think that's the, that's the beauty in having volunteers who who've been uh, been around for a little while that you can take initiative and see where the gaps are, and you know make things happen. And I think you know the the event from what you described on right back in nineteen eighty eight, where there's twelve volunteers and it was a bit of an experiment, to now where you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of people and hundreds of volunteers. The coordination must be huge. So what, what have you noticed now? When you go to, to like Beef 21, what were your impressions of the event then? I loved it. I really loved it because things seemed to be, you know,
1: coming together really well. I, I, worked, I work now on the information desk. I ask them for the information desk because you meet so many different people just as they come through the gate and over there, over there, over there is all the information you'll require Don't bother asking me too many questions. Here's a book that we've already got here. (laughs) (laughs) However, at the last beef, (laughs) the mayor from Gympie came along and he said to me, and where is the big screen so I can see the races? I said, listen, mate, I said, if you want a big screen, here's a piece of paper, you write down your request and I'll incorporate it in a letter of critique that I send
0: to Beef Australia after each beef. Oh, my goodness, Alice. Do you have a record of those critiques? No, I don't, but they do. That's a good (laughs) little ring binder to have, isn't it?
1: Yes, (laughs) and it it was great because if somebody had, you know, if they wanted to praise us, yeah, we'll take that as well, but if they don't know, how are they going to improve it?
0: That's right. No, you you need to let them know. I heard, Don, actually, a little birdie telling me that one of your biggest gripes is there's no pockets in the volunteer shirts.
2: Mm. You need two pockets. Oh. See, the, the fellas in the office and that and other they've got their shirts like the
0: Business coffees shirts. have. Mm.
2: They've got two pockets and they're always full. Well, yeah, we've, we've got glasses and we've got a phone.
0: Maybe they need to get you a man bag. <laughs> we,
2: we, we keep saying every year, every time, don't we? You know, we need pockets. 2012 we've got one. One pocket.
0: One pocket. Yeah. You and need two. That
2: was the first year, the only a year.
0: So tell me, you know, you two have been volunteering for a long time. Is there a bit of a, a bit of a group, a bit of a you know, is there a core group of people that do come back for and volunteer for most events, or is it a new new faces every time? Well,
2: there's always uh, some new faces, but um, well, I'm probably one of the oldest, anyhow. But uh, no, there's a few people that they have a, a change of things with their life that they just can't always do it, but. Uh, there's quite a few that are volunteer every time, yep. but you've always got half a dozen or a dozen, or probably more now that we've got over a 100 volunteers. Yep. But uh, most of them are ones that do it every year because they're interested in it. I always like to get on the, on the gate, cattle gate, because I know so many people.
0: What are the perks of being a volunteer? Like, you've both got your favourite jobs. You both know people and, and you know, can have a yarn. Well, I, I, I,
2: lo- I like to talk to people and I also like help helping people and it's just one of the things I do. I do it all the time, you know. And
0: what about you, Alice?
1: Meeting up with new people, and especially new people when they came there. through the gate because now they have a special ticket system. They can buy their tickets uh, online and, uh, I, I, as I say, I work at the information desk but I see the other people with their little triggers Checking their tickets and that sort of thing, and then they'll come across the information desk and pick up what books they need and that sort of thing. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it was funny. One year, I was the information desk wasn't at the at the gate. It was at they it further down, and it had a shelf up here, and we worked from down here. And this chap came in and he lay his head on his hands, and I said, "You look how I feel." Oh. I said, what are you looking for? Fencing. I said, well, it has got to be Cyclone or is there another brand? And we were given two books and we sort of had to marry those books together. And he said, but I'm coming back tomorrow. I said, right, you go back to the motel and have a good sleep. I said, and I'll see you tomorrow. I said, and I'll be able to tell you exactly where to go.
0: And I imagine by the time, because it's a big week and they're big days, so by the time yeah. you guys get home you must have a good sleep too, do you? Like, oh, how, do you yeah. how do you get, what's, how, what's your endurance strategy? What do you have to do that week to, to get up every morning and get out there?
2: I don't have any trouble with that, even uh, the life that I, I worked, you know, you get up and you go to work and you, you work all day. Yeah, you're tired at the end of the day, but uh, you you go to sleep and you have a good sleep and you wake up and... You're happy to get up and, and get going again.
1: So, what I used to do was get up early, make my breakfast, and at the main gate there's a few car parks. And I used to make sure I got in early and I had the closest park to the main gate, and then I would eat my breakfast until the gate opened. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you got through the week. <laughs> that's how I got. I got a park and I got into the grounds, yes. Yes,
0: and I guess that's one of the challenges, isn't it, when the event gets bigger. And it's, for you witnessing over such a period, the growth and, and the, the ground space that it takes up must be extraordinary. What's the most exciting thing that you've, you've witnessed over your time involved with beef?
2: Over the years you've seen so many different breeds It's interesting to learn more about those.
1: I can't remember when it was, but there was, we have a lot of uh, overseas visitors for beef and I remember computers were getting a go on and they had a a room set aside with computers and somebody said to me, do you know anything about computers? I said, a little, and they said, well, when these sessions are finished, they said, we need someone to go in and turn off the computers. (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: lucky you, Alice. That sounds like a great job. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, you you do various jobs. I've I've not uh, ever
0: been uh, associated with the catering, but the catering is top class. I, yeah. I was going to ask you about that yeah. the, because that, I've witnessed the catering being terrific. So. It's, yeah, I'd, it's, a, it's a long way from the corned beef sandwiches I'm sure, I'd imagine you'd get in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> I've only got a couple of questions left because I know that you've both got things to do. I want to know, you know, what are you looking forward to about the next beef? You've seen all of these big changes and different innovations and, you know, the, the tech yards and all of these things come up. And I know that you've got a ring binder, Alice, of the critiques over the years. So what's something that you'd like incorporated or that you're excited about the next beef? One year I had a lady came to me and she was
1: most irate. I've paid $1,000 to become a member of this organisation and my husband can't get about. I said, well, I've got a friend who's got a son with acquired brain injury. I said, and she organised a, a wheelchair from CQ Mobility. I said, but anyway, I said, the main office is down there. Go and have a chat with them. Guess what? Next morning there was a lineup of wheelchairs.
0: <laughs> well there you know you, you solve the problems now um, we're speaking for the podcast I ask all of our podcast guests this next question I'd imagine Alice you'd know your way around the kitchen and be able to cook and I'm going to ask you both the same question what's your favorite cut of beef if you were to cook cook up on a Wednesday night it doesn't have to be anything fancy but if you you know at home what what's your favorite cut of beef to cook for myself rib fillet Ooh, that's <laughs> a good one. Fill it, it for yourself. It, and then if for guests, what do you have? We could have chuck steak in a stew. Oh, delightful. Crust, what do
1: you have with it? You could either put roast or vegetables. Delicious. I
2: like all, all, all beef, but I, I love the, uh, the corn beef. They put a, a, a little bit of vinegar in there because that kills the salt. And uh, you don't have to put onions or anything in. You put five tablespoons of treacle.
0: Treacle? Yeah.
2: And oh, got, it gives it the most beautiful bloody taste you've ever had. The best uh, piece of corned beef is the end piece that's pointed. That's the sweetest part of the corned beef.
0: That's the bit that you cut off for yourself every time.
2: And my father and all of his brothers and my granddad were all butchers. So they gave
0: you the they gave you the good oil. Yeah, now I I work
2: with timber, and I'm a a wood butcher.
0: (laughs) 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 And do you have white sauce?
2: No, not particularly. No. No.
0: Thank you so much for your time, both of you, Don and Alice. It's been an absolute delight to speak to you both, and I will be lining up at the front gate at Beef Twenty Three just for a chat. I think. (laughs) Thank you. We look forward to seeing you. That was Alice Kelly and Don Bellett, long-term beef volunteers. Be sure to find them and say hello at Beef24. Thanks for listening. I'm Jane Cudahy. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.